0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: I noticed the media just tries to make a fool out of men nowadays. Have you noticed that? Like, all the commercials and stuff, all the men do dumb stuff, and you know, and, and all the ladies are the smart ones. No, I, I do believe the ladies are the smart ones, and uh, please let me go on record to say that, all right? <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, you know, it's just weird. It's weird nowadays. So, uh, hey, dads, you're doing a good job. Lord love you, you keep serving God, you keep focusing on God, keep putting him first, even before your family, God first, and God will continue to bless you. If you've been with us, Matthew chapter 26 and 27 is the final week in the life of our Lord. And these chapters, actually, these two chapters, 26 and 27, actually set the scene for the crucifixion. You might remember if you were with us earlier in chapter 26, Jesus told the disciples that during the Passover, he was going to be delivered up and crucified. And the religious leaders, he said, would deceitfully and deviously plot how they might take him by trickery and kill him, Jesus said. And then if you fast forward to verse 17 in chapter 26, you see that we come to the Passover and it's at the Passover that this is a really special time because in the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, and as it relates to us as the church, in verse 17 of Matthew 26, Jesus actually changes, listen, Jesus changes the Passover to communion, which brings us into New Testament church. Jesus transforms, changes the Passover to the Lord's Supper. After they celebrated the Lord's Supper, then they sang a song, a beautiful song. It's the Hallel song. It's found in Psalm 116 through Psalm 118. They sang a song together. Before they sang that song, the Bible tells us that Judas left the room. And then Jesus and the disciples began to sing together. And then they left the room, and they headed toward the Mount of Olives. So you can see that this is a very dramatic scene that we have here, Matthew chapter 26. Now, right in the middle of this very dramatic scene, we can learn some lessons about self-confidence. That's what I want to talk to you about, confidence. We can learn some lessons, actually, from Peter as to what happens when Christians are are self-confident. I'm going to give you three things this morning, or the dangers of self-confidence, and and, and the dangers and and what they can lead to. Self-confidence, number one, are you taking notes? Self-confidence leads to, number one, arguing with God's word. That is so true. We'll find that in verses 31 through 35. And then self-confidence leads to disobeying God's word. We'll talk about that in verses 36 through 46. And then finally, self-confidence leads to getting ahead of God's word in verses 47 through 56. The dangers of self-confidence is the title of my sermon, and they lead to, it leads to arguing with God's word, disobeying God's word, and getting ahead of God's word. With that said, Matthew chapter 26, we'll pick up our study in verse 31. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. Then Jesus said to them in verse 31, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, and then Jesus quotes now, you can write this in your Bible, Zechariah thirteen seven. for it is written, where? In the Old Testament, Zechariah thirteen seven, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised in verse 32, I will go before you in Galilee. Well, it was at that time in verse 33 that Peter answered and said to him, Even if all were made to stumble because of you, Jesus, I will never be made to stumble. Oh, Pete. And then Jesus said to him, Assurely, I say to you, Peter, that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And then Peter said to him, Even if I die with you, Lord, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples, stop right there, give me your attention. Jesus and his disciples, they leave the upper room and they're climbing the slopes of the Mount of Olives. They're headed to the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane is Jesus' hangout spot. Jesus loved to hang out in the Garden of Gethsemane just to get away from the hustle and the bustle. That's why we go on retreats. Because sometimes it's just nice to get away and the hustle and the bustle. Well, Jesus would retreat to the Garden of Gethsemane. And right after, as I said, they they sang the song, they started walking, headed up the Mount of Olives, headed, you know, to a quiet spot. It's probably a beautiful day, a beautiful Israeli day. Probably the mood is nice. The disciples are enjoying the fellowship. Good feeling in the air. Nice environment, and all of a sudden, Jesus says, hey, fellas, by the way, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. And I'm sure the disciples are probably thinking, Jesus, how come you always destroy a good moment? <laughs> I mean, this is like the third time he's done this. Every time it's like a nice environment, and everybody's loving each other, and birds in the air, and it's nice and sweet, Jesus says, hey. Hey. One of you guys are going to betray me. Like, Jesus, you're like a party pooper, man. And so this is like the third time he did it. Earlier, he kind of dropped the bomb on him when he says that that you're going to betray me, that I'm going to be betrayed in the hands of of the enemy. And then, remember last time we were together, they were all gathered together around the table, and Jesus said, hey, the betrayer is one of the twelve. And they're looking around, and they said, Jesus, is it me? Remember we talked about that? And now they say, you're telling us that we're going to stumble and fall because of you. Come on, Jesus. Now, to underscore what he is telling them, you want to notice that Jesus reaches back to the Old Testament, and he quotes Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7, which prophesies that the shepherd will be smitten and the sheep will be scattered. And of course, the shepherd is Jesus and Jesus is saying when I am arrested and killed, the sheep, that would be the disciples, will be scattered. And so Jesus reaches back to the Old Testament. But then you want to notice in verse 32 of your text that Jesus not only reaches back, but then he reaches forward and he says, after I've been raised, I will go before you into Galilee. You see, Jesus is already looking beyond the cross. Jesus knew he was going to die, and Jesus knew that he was going to rise again. So Jesus is already now looking beyond the cross, and it makes me think of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, which says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus, don't you see? Don't you see? Jesus is already looking for that joy. What joy? The joy of knowing that you and I are going to be re- saved or redeemed as a result of his death on the cross. Do you know that brought him joy? Redemption. That was the joy. Was it the joy of suffering the 39 stripes? No. Was it the joy of the crown of thorns being plaited and put on his head? No, that wasn't joyous. Was it joyous that they were spitting in his face and ripping out his beard? Was that joyous? No. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He despised the shame. But he knew what the result of him going to the cross would mean to every single person who would put their faith and their trust in him. Say amen, saints. That's good news. So for the joy, he knew he was going to the cross. And he also knew that he was going to rise again. And he told them that point number one. Are you with me so far? Point number one, self-confidence leads to arguing with God. I want you to notice when Jesus said, did you get this? When Jesus said, all of you are going to stumble because of me in self-confidence, Peter started arguing with the word of the Lord. Peter says, Jesus, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. This word stumble in the Greek language, if you're taking notes, is scandalizo. Scandalizo. Sound familiar? We have the word scandal or scandalous. It literally means and it speaks of a snare. It means a trap. It speaks of a stumbling block. So Jesus says, because of me, all of you are going to be caught in a snare. All of you are going to be caught in a trap. All of you are going to be made to stumble because of me. And I don't think Peter heard a word Jesus said after he said, you are going to stumble. You know, like your kids. Say amen, parents. They don't hear a word. You say one thing, they don't hear nothing else you say. Like you say, yes, you can go bowling with your friends after you clean your room. They didn't hear that. Parents, please help me say amen. Okay, are uh, you with me? Are we here? Are we here? And then you go upstairs, it's like, didn't I tell them to clean that room? Now, believe it or not, actually, one of my, one of my children, I will, they will remain nameless. <laughs> but their name sounds like mine. And uh, <laughs> Good, he ain't here. We can talk, all right? remember did you clean that room yeah you can go out skating after you clean your room just skating having a good time outside sweating I go over in the room they ain't clean nothing come here come in. did you clean that room yes sir I did really then why is that Pepsi can still there it's been there for three months why is that still there huh 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 did you even hear a word I said and I get the feeling, cause I know Peter, cause I love Peter, cause Peter is like Rodney. <laughs> Don't laugh, cause he's like you too. All right, <laughs> study your Bible. <laughs> cause Peter, man, he's something else. Peter didn't hear a word Jesus said after he said, you know, you're gonna stumble. Peter, didn't, I get the impression Peter probably said, you know what, Jesus, come here. You know, Peter, Jesus, man, <sighs> you need to talk. Step right over here, Jesus, would you? Peter gets Jesus on the side, he puts his arm around him, you know, and he says, Jesus, you know, you know, I, I, I hear you saying, you know, that all of us are going to stumble and stuff, and Jesus, but, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised, and it wouldn't surprise me at least bit, if one of those guys stumbles, you know, because, and they're going to run like little girly men, I know they are, <laughs> but, but not me, Jesus, and, and Jesus, you know, just between me and you, they have never been committed to you anyway. Because I hear stuff that they don't say around you. So they have not committed to you anyway, Jesus. You know, It's like you and me, Jesus, you know, we go back. Peter would say, Jesus, me and you, we go back. I mean, we've been through some stuff together. And you know, Jesus, I'm tough. I'm a stand and fight. But, you know, Jesus, they're going to have to come through me to get to you. Jesus, you know, maybe them, but not me. And Jesus says, Peter, Peter, Peter. Before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. Did you notice Peter's arguing with the word? Self-confidence, you will find yourself arguing with the word. Do you know people are still arguing with the word today? No one say amen. Nobody say amen. But people still argue with the word today. And people are still arguing over the word today. Here it is 2,000 years later, and people are still trying to rewrite the Bible, arguing with the Word of God. Listen to this. I found this, this story, and you can get it online. I can give you a copy. Listen to this. Talking about arguing with the Word and arguing with the Bible. New Bible shows. Are y'all ready for this? New Bible shows Christ as a woman, God as female. Publication in response to empowerment of women in society. Washington, May 31st. PR, PR Newswire. A new edition of the Gospels of the Bible for the first time. In other words, nobody's ever seen this before. This is a new edition nobody's ever seen before. You know what I tell people all the time. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. Well, these guys, they say a new edition of the Gospels of the Bible for the first time shows Christ as a woman. Named Judith Christ of Nazareth. And God is female. In all of the respects, the classic texts of the Gospels remain unchanged. The publisher, LBI Institute, has released this new Bible entitled Judas Christ of Nazareth. The Gospels of the Bible, corrected to reflect that Christ was a woman, extracted from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Bible is available in bookstores online. This long awaited revision, <laughs> awaited by who? Long-awaited revision text of the Gospels makes the moral message of Christ more accessible to many and more illuminating to all, says Billy Shakespeare. She's a woman, vice president for the publisher. It's empowering. We publish this new Bible to acknowledge the rise of women in society. This new Bible includes the parable of the prodigal daughter, the lady's prayer, and other revised favorite passages such as her birth, Luke 2, 4, and Joseph went to Bethlehem to be enrolled with Mary, his wife, who was then pregnant. And she brought forth her firstborn child, and you guessed it, her name was chosen to be Judith. Her crucifixion, John nineteen seventeen, and she bearing her cross went forth. There they crucified Judith. Her resurrection, Matthew 28.1, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Judith, who was crucified. She is not here. She is risen. Lord, I can't even say what I'm thinking. Thank you. This is crazy. People arguing with the word of God in self-confidence, thinking they know more than God. Listen, it is a mistake to argue with the word of God. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, what, saints? Take heed lest he fall. You know how many people say, and I've heard them say, Oh, I would never do that. You ever heard somebody say, I would never do that? Listen, Never say never. Never say never. You know why? Because when you say I would never do that, you're putting confidence in your flesh. The Bible says take heed when you think you stand lest you fall. Never say never. What you ought to say is by the grace of God, I will never do that. I want to stay close to God so I never do that. But never put confidence in the flesh. Never say never. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride comes before destruction. You know, it makes me think of the Titanic. Remember they boasted that even God himself could not sink the ship. And 1,502 people perished that night. You know, someone once said, few people need voice lessons. To sing their own praises. Isn't that true? You know, I saw a restaurant sign one time I was traveling in Atlanta. And this restaurant was featuring fried chicken. And it had a sign that read, if the colonel had our chicken recipe, he'd be a general. <laughs> the arrogance of some people, boasting about themselves, singing their own praises. Be careful. Saints, be careful. Peter was boasting, even if all will, I will never stumble because of you, Lord. I will never. You see, when you begin to think you're strong enough to handle temptation and trials of your life, you're destined to fall. You see, Peter wasn't listening. He was arguing with the word of God. You see, self-confidence also keeps you from listening. How many times have we talked to people and you're trying to share something with them and they say, oh, I know, I know, I know. You know, but, 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 you know, this is, that. oh, yeah, 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 I know, I know. Yeah, but, the, you know, you might want to think about this. Oh, I know that. But we, are, we all know people like that. They know everything. It's like, is there anything you don't know? No, I know, I know. <laughs> you know everything. Pride, self-confidence keeps you from listening. Self-confidence keeps you from listening. Jesus tried to warn Peter. But he wouldn't listen, and if he would have listened, he wouldn't have denied the Lord. Look at our point number two. Self-confidence leads to disobedience to the word of God. Look at verse 36, if you will, and if you're with me, say amen. amen. Then Jesus came in verse 36 with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him his buddies, Peter and James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then he said to them in verse 38, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even till death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further. Would you circle that? I like that. I love that. Jesus went a little further. I love that because Jesus always goes a little further. And so he fell on his face. And he prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then in verse 40, he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping and said to Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? It's almost like Jesus saying, Peter, die. Hey, could you just stay awake? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation and read that with me. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. And again, a second time in verse 42, he went away and he prayed and he said, Oh, my father, this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it. Your will be done. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Isn't that how it always is when you're in prayer? Your eyes get heavy. You know, you watch a movie, you're wide open. You start praying. Your eyes get heavy. You got bricks on your eyes. So he left them in verse 40 and he went away again and he prayed the third time saying the same words. And then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. The son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Peter is self-confident and arguing with the Lord. And now we see him disobeying the Lord. Did you notice he was sleeping when he should have been praying? Now, you got to understand something here. The agony in the Garden of Gethsemane is a very important moment in the life of Jesus. It's so important that it's recorded for us in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record this story. Jesus gets into the garden of Gethsemane. The word Gethsemane means olive press or oil press. He gets into the garden with the 12 to pray. This is the place that the olives were pressed and ground up to make oil. So he gets with the 12 to pray in the the garden of Gethsemane. And then Jesus takes his buddies, Peter, James, and John, and he said, stay here and pray with me. And I love that. I love the fact that he took Peter. Did you notice that? He took Peter. He includes Peter in the inner circle, even though he knows that Peter is going to deny him. He still loves Peter. He says, Peter, I love you. Come with me. And Jesus went further into the garden and began to talk to the father. And he said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But God, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The cup that he is talking about is not a normal cup. You know that he's talking about the cup of suffering. Jesus is talking about the cup of the crucifixion. See, you got to understand something. Jesus did not want to go to the cross. Do you understand that Jesus did not want to suffer? He did not want to die on the cross. Jesus said, Father, if there's any other way that men can be saved other than me going to the cross, then, Lord, let's go that way. God, let's go that way because I don't want to suffer. Let this cup pass from me. That's what he's saying. Father, if there's any way, Lord, Father, if there's any way people can be saved by going to church, then let's go with that. Father, if there's any way for people to be saved, if they tithe enough money, then let's go with that. Lord, if there's any way, if they can give enough turkeys during Thanksgiving and help a lot of people and be good people in order to be saved, then God, let's go with that. But do you understand that the very fact that Jesus went to the cross is an indication to us that there was no other way for men to be saved